everyone, this is Brandon Krieger. I'm a cybersecurity account executive at Uzado. Uh, this is episode number 258. Um, I'm really excited about this episode. We're going to talk about life hacks for cybersecurity professionals. Also, I'm going to answer any questions that you guys have. So uh, I'm going to jump right into it because there's a lot to do. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. So guys, how's your week? How's everyone doing right now? I'm looking at the chat and I see a lot of people are, are talking about their careers and what's going on there. Uh, this episode, what we're going to be talking about is cybersecurity hacks for professionals. You know, things that you need to do to kind of keep the energy up, keep focus, move uh, through your career, how to get, you know, opportunities that you really want to get to, how to study better. So you know, we have our amazing sec IT guy moderating today's show. So any questions, post them in the chat or let me know. Uh, I want to thank Neil uh, for the cyber uh, insecurity network and the community right now. There's so much going on when it comes to uh, the events, some, uh, web, uh, streams, you know, what's going on in Discord. There's so much happening right now. So a lot is going on with the, the community, so make sure you're part of Discord. You're finding out what's going on, all the updates. I know Neil's talking through his streams of all the updates and everything that's going on. So uh, keep up to post or keep up to date on the Discord, and just make sure that you guys are asking questions about what's going on and what's happening with the Discord uh, community, as well as with the uh, cybersecurity cyber insecurity network. Uh, I think there's a few actually new shows coming on in the next month or so too. So keep your ear to the ground and look at the schedule. So guys, uh, any questions do you have for me starting out today? Like I said, I want to talk about cybersecurity hacks for the life. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people going through the pandemic. A lot of challenges are happening with time management, trying to study, try to, you know, get, you know, if you're breaking into the industry, how to study you know, work your job and then look for other positions, right? To get into and break into cybersecurity. I'm also seeing guys that are in the cybersecurity field, just tired and fatigued. Lots going on because there's a lot of projects, a lot of work going on right now, a lot of demand. So how do you balance all that out? And this is kind of the conversation right now is I really want to make sure that everyone in the community, everyone is kind of taking care of themselves and excelling in their career, right? And making sure that you're getting to that next level. So that's why I want to make sure that you guys are really tuned into this, how to hack the cybersecurity industry as cybersecurity professionals, no matter where you are in your, your career, if you're starting out to guys that have been 10 plus years in the industry. So first thing I want to talk about is kind of looking after yourself, right? Uh, question I have for the community. When do you guys study? Is it morning? Is it afternoon or night? When do you find you get the most uh, quality studying for you? So we already got one question coming in, and I want you guys to post that in the community. Is it morning, afternoon, night? When do you get the, the most quality studying for you? But you learn, it's easy, you retain as, as much information. 
Uh, first question comes in. Uh, does someone know the path from, uh, I think it's zero to G oh, zero to junior pen test. I uh, like web app, web app pen testing and network pen testing. I, I don't know anything, but just from videos, etc. I'm 20 and how much time will it take to get to a junior pen testing position? By the way, I have a little bit of programming skills and a little bit of understanding of TCP IP. Um, great question. Uh, when you're starting out in your pen testing career, best thing to do is start to look at some, some courses. I know INE has a course, right? And you start to really kind of get to the groundwork of understanding the terminology, understanding what type of, attacks you're going to do. So as a junior pen tester, look at the methodology, look at your attack vectors, really kind of plan that out, you know, and then how to document it, how to make sure that you're going through all that. So any has actually a really great course when it comes to pen testing. There's other programs and courses out there, but I recommend you take a look at that. Now, because you're younger, I don't know what your budget is. There's YouTube videos, there's things along that line that you can look at. Uh, there's uh, hack the box, different types of websites where you can actually do some testing. Uh, there's great books you can get out online where they're a little bit more cheaper, where you can actually just go through each kind of chapter and, and follow it step by step. So if you're looking to kind of do that, is first kind of get the technical knowledge. Then second is volunteer. Volunteer, try to get into the junior roles, whatever that may be, and, and get real-world experience. The more real-world experience you can get, the better it's going to be for you to kind of break into the industry. Now, if you're not in the industry and you want to break into it, try to get like your Security Plus and get a, a SOC role, like a Security Analyst Level 1 role, and start to get your experience in there. Uh, next question. Uh, could someone suggest any good Network Plus books? FYI, I'm totally new to networking. Uh, I think CompTIA has a good a good one. Uh, Cybex, actually, sorry, Cybex has a good book uh, for Network Plus. Now, uh, I'm trying to think. Safari Books Online is a actually an amazing uh, membership to grab to to get our subscription to grab because you can get all these technical books as you progress through your career to be able to grab them and start going through them. So it's really important to look at like Safari Books Online and things like that that you can grab multiple books, multiple technical books, and keep going through your career versus trying to get one off here and there. So I, I subscribe to Safari Books Online. Every time I'm looking at something to study, it's it's always there. So it's a great resource. Uh, would you recommend free boot camps or free code camps? To start off, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of good ones out there. But when you look at when you look at the actual methodology, you want to go to a, a structured course, right? To get the methodology of how to properly, you know, code in a certain frameworks, like is there's OWASP and things along that line. You want to make sure you got frameworks that you're coding against, not just, hey, I learned Python programming, I learned, you know, variables and loops and, and bullions and all that, but how do I apply them? How do I apply them in a structured man manual? manner so that what happens is you're coding against a framework and a structure that it's secure code. You know, we're in cybersecurity here, but you want to do secure code. You want to make sure the application runs properly and you want to make sure it's duplicatable that if you get someone else that looks at your code, they can kind of go, yeah, I get it. I understand. Versus like, who wrote this? What is this? What does this really mean? Uh, so hopefully that answers your question. Uh, do you recommend the course? Uh, do you recommend the courses on Udemy, like learn ethical hacking from scratch? They're not bad. They're not bad courses uh, to take. I mean, depending on your budget, again, I'm, I'm going to keep directing people to INE because it's actually a really good focus course when it comes to pen testing and, and those programs. And it walks you through and it's kind of expert advice. Again, when you get them you to meet, they're cheaper courses. But and then what I mean is cost, not saying in value. There's some really good courses. That, I mean, when I was looking at uh, ethical hacking and pen testing, there's some courses I took that were a good value. I mean, some of the information you can actually grab from YouTube as well. So depends on where you want to go and, and your if it's you know you're looking at your budget or if you're looking at value of information. Uh, comment below, like uh, fi uh, finish off that question for me, and that, let me know if it's actual you know money, like it's kind of the the cost. You're kind of on a budget restraint, or is it because the, just the value of the information, the content? I want to know that like the the breakdown that for yourself. 
Uh, next question. How do you get extra experience to be competitive for a cybersecurity co-op internship? I've been using try hack me and hack the box and trying to work on my home lab. Still uh, keep getting rejected and some can't even get an uh, interview for. I'm, fi I'm finishing up my third year of cybersecurity degree as well. Okay, so this comes down to it has nothing to do with your technical skills. It has to do with how you're you're selling yourself. If you're not getting past, and I just want to make sure you're clear, uh, rejected and some can't even get an interview. If you're not getting the interview, it comes down to presentation, right? Uh, if you're getting to the interview, then it's what you're articulating. So you're still getting rejected. So from what I'm hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're not getting the interviews yet. So then I would look at your LinkedIn profile. And I, I know uh, we put it in the and, and Sec IT guide, just to remind, remind me if we have that uh uh, links with all the links with all the training. If you can post that out there for these guys as well, there's an interview uh, website, uh, or sorry, LinkedIn hack uh, that Neil did. There's a couple of videos you want. I would want you to go through because it's going to show you how to cu customize your your LinkedIn profile to make sure you're marketable. Make sure your your resume is marketable as well, and it's speaking directly to them. A lot of times, people don't put their projects; they put certifications and experience, but actually, what you've accomplished. So you really got to make it attractive to someone like me. If I'm hiring you, what do I want to see? What do I want to know you can do versus a, you know, I, Brandon's got this, Brandon's got this certification, Brandon has experience over here. So what, what has he done in, in the real world that shows value? Now you've done hack the box. Talk about the, those, you know, attacks you've done. How did you compromise them in, in, in small projects? So I went from, you know, I'll give you an example. Say I want, wanted to hack a SQL server, right? So through the hack SQL server, I looked at their vulnerabilities. I looked at the potential to have the way to compromise it. So I, I, I designed, you know, the methodology of the way I was going to, you know, test out the box or you know, test out the vulnerabilities. And then I used these tools to be able to do it. And through the, that methodology, I was able to do this. Writing it out like that in project based, you know, even if you don't have experience, shows them your thinking process and how you go through it. So that's my recommendation. And let me know if you have any questions. There's a lot of, you know, I got a uh, sec IT guide to be able to put those videos there. And then uh, those are a lot of great videos to go, you know, on your, you know, after these videos, go watch and go through. It's going to give you a lot of great uh, value and information to get you past the gatekeepers and into that interview. And then if, you want, if you're having a challenge with the interviews, come back and we can help you get through past the interviews. Uh, will these paid uh, VOD education, INE, YouTube, et cetera, be enough to pass certification exams or should I still hit the books? Depends how you learn. So what that first question is, how do you learn? Like, do you, are you auditorial? Are you vi visual, kinesthetic, right? You know, do you like to listen to things? Do you like to watch them? Do you like to actually touch something and, and, and keep your know, hands on keyboard? How do you learn? That's the first thing you have to ask yourself. If you know how you learn and you're visual and you watch videos and you're good on YouTube, there's a lot of good information on you on YouTube to be able to, to get that information. And I think there's actually some of them for different certifications where they walk through. I know Joel and I do the CISSP study group. And a lot of the guys that are going through it right now are are, you know, and gratefully they're they're passing their exams, right? They're passing the CISSP. So there's a lot of great people out there providing great value on how to pass exams properly and, and study and what information you need to know. So depends on how you learn. I, I mean, I don't want to say it's for everyone. Books are for everyone. Audio is for everyone, but depends on your learning style. I know for me right now, I'm actually going through a, a course. And this is actually good. You brought it up. I'm actually going through a course of how to study properly. And what it is, is about is how to frame your studying. So first they talk about scanning, scanning for pictures. Like if you're going through a book, you scan for pictures just to kind of get a, a conceptual idea of in that chapter, what pictures are they and what are they about? Second is scanning for, then you do a next scan, right? And you scan through and you look for vocabulary words that you don't know, technical terms, acronyms, things you don't do, you know, and then you write those down, right? And you have a notebook on the side. So you write those down and you're going to figure those out. Then what happens, you go through the, then once you've done that, then you write yourself down some questions. Now, a lot of our technical books at the end of the chapters have questionnaires you go through. So you write down those questions, just not the actual answers, but the questions. And what happens is now you kind of prep your mind to now be ready to read the chapter. 
So now you, you've looked at the images, kind of get an idea conceptually what it means. You've kind of you've looked at the acronyms and, and vocabulary and kind of try to assess out what you know, and what you don't know, and what you don't know you're writing down and trying to get definitions for those. And now your mind's prepped. It's prepped to kind of be curious about all that information. So now you go through the question. So for the CSSB, you know, what is the best way? What does CIA stand for? What is compliance this? What's the what's BIA, right? It's starting to do that. So now as you're reading, you're looking for that information. And as you're looking for that information, your brain is curious and now you're retaining more information. So I'm learning that right now because we go, all of us, all of us go through so much technical information. How do we keep retaining it? Right. And then once you study it, here's the, 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 the next stage for that. You review that one hour after. Actually, let me take one step back. So your study time, once you start to read, you shouldn't be studying longer than 20 minutes. Your brain doesn't retain information normally. Some people are good. They've expanded their brain, their capacity. But most people have a 20 minute, 10 to 20 minute capacity on studying, focused studying that you can sit down and, and no interruption. Your brain doesn't wander. You don't kind of go squirrel and look at something else. You can study for 20 minutes focused. You're going to retain more information and be more focused. So through all that stuff I've told you, you study for 20 minutes, try to get everything out, write your notes, anything that you have to kind of remember. And then what happens is, and, and when you write your notes, you're not writing everything down. You're writing key phrases, key things that you can remember, high level topics. And then what happens, you study one hour after, like you study then, you review it one hour after, one day after, one week after, and then three weeks after. And if you can do that and you remember everything, now it's in your long-term memory. Now, I know I covered a lot of information there about studying, but let me know what you guys thought of that if you have any questions about that. And that's a long you know, answer to answer your question, Hack Doken, about how to study and what's the best way to, for you to study. Let me know if you know your study method. Is it kinesthetic? Is it auditorial? Is it visual? Let me know. Uh, next question, Brandon, do you know a good Python course for pen testing? Uh, good question. I was trying to think. I know, I think Udemy had a couple of them on, on there. Uh, there's a few, there's great books on online. Uh, there was a few of them that I was looking at when I was, uh, going through Safari books online. Uh, give me a second and I'll actually, as we're talking here, I'll, I'll, I'll look one up, but yeah, there was a couple good books when I was looking at, uh, Safari books online on, uh, Python programming for security. And I, I really liked them. I was reading through them as I was doing my, I was trying to study for Python programming, trying to do a lot at once. And it was a good book. There was a couple of them, actually. So I'll find them for you, and I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, just give me a couple minutes, uh, and I'll find that for you. Uh, next question. For more DevOps, uh, DevSecOps uh, oriented, should I invest in O'Reilly Yearly Subscription or Linux Academy Code Really Subscription? Again, it depends on how you learn. Like I said, if you're a book learner, you like to read, Safari Books has a lot of information, a lot of different uh, resources on there that you're, you're going to be able to pull from. And that's That was one that, like I said, that's one I've been playing with. And mm. every book I've found so far that I've been looking online, I've been able to find through Safari Books Online. It's O'Reilly, and it's been great. Uh, just give me a second here. Pen testing. So there's, uh, just in looking at the books here, there's Python for offensive, offense uh, pen test. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's another one. There's a few video courses they're actually starting to come out with now. Uh, Python for Events. That's a good book. Uh, and it's by Hassam Karras. Right? So if yeah, you want to check that out, that's actually a good book. Uh, I'm just trying to see if there's any other ones that I had in my library here. Uh, I'll keep asking. I'll keep finding for you. But let me know if that's that's helpful for you. But there's a lot of, like I said, of great books out there. It depends on what you're trying to do. Uh, in the sense of the pen testing, Do you, if you're familiar with Python programming, a lot of times I find what the, the guys that are doing it are writing scripts. So I would Google scripts for Python programming for pen testing, right? And just trying to think of the, some of the things the guys were talking to me about. But yeah, some of them were setting up like automated things that through Python that help their their scripting and help things that they could just run while they're doing other tasks. So. Some that's actually a good question to ask Neil next next one they have. There's a few pen testing uh, streams here too that to ask that as well. Uh, next question: 
Uh, hello, everyone. I keep hearing from everyone that I should have linked LinkedIn account, but isn't LinkedIn one of the most accurate sources for hackers to learn about you? True. Very true. It is. People can, you know, create a profile or, you know, do some research on you. Is this one of those catch 22, right? You know, a lot of organizations, HR, uh, scrape the internet and scrape LinkedIn to see who you are, what you do, what your experience, um, seeing even more along the lines of HR asking to send your LinkedIn profile, right. To show, you know, some experience and things along that line. So if you're uh, self-employed, then I wouldn't worry about it. If you're looking for a job, I'd probably say I would lean towards LinkedIn. Just make it a professional resume. What's your, you know, who you are in the sense of the industry, what's your experience. I mean, you don't have to put your kids pictures or dog or, you know, different things along that line, but you can just make it professional who you work, who you work for, what's your experience, kind of the projects that you worked on, you know, what's your goals in the sense of in the career and objective. I know uh, Gary V, he brought, uh, Gary Vanderchuk actually made a, a good example that on social media, you see everything he's do he does, but you don't see his kids. You don't see his family. You don't see what he's doing there. So he's able to kind of separate from that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure someone that's very smart and intelligent can start crawling and figure things out. Right. But again, with LinkedIn, you're looking at, it's a job site. It's a business site. So that's my recommendation for that. Uh, how open are our us companies, uh, of doing sponsorship for their cybersecurity roles more, more now than I've seen, uh, what I'm seeing right now, because of the pandemic, more companies are actually open to hiring uh, consultants and resources from outside of you know, different areas. Now, there's a caveat here. I'm starting to see the, that overseas challenge. If you're in from North America, across Canada, even sometimes in the UK, not a problem. I'm starting to see like with the, you know, the Philippines, India, things along that line. It's a little bit challenging, not, not impossible, but a little bit challenging as companies start to try to open up and open up the resources. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of companies that do hire, you know, for SOC one, SOC two analysts and have them, you know, overseas because the, the cost to run their SOC is, is more cost effective to do that. Right. Just because of the labor costs and things along that line. Right. So I see that now, depending on where you're talking about, I see it really kind of opening up. So that's kind of what I'm seeing on the, the cybersecurity front and the job front, especially because of the pandemic. Uh, can you name a single actual case when a security researcher was targeted uh, via LinkedIn? Or is it just a bunch of, are you afraid of the dark hype uh, usual CEOs and CFOs are targeted? Um, I can't, off my top of my head, I'm just trying to think if there's a one case where I've seen a LinkedIn. I know, like, I know for myself, People are doing reconnaissance and getting as much information. They're using that. Now, I mean, the only one that we know is the LinkedIn hack that we could talk about specifically where LinkedIn got compromised and people got, and you can see on the dark web, if you do a dark web scan, uh, identities and emails and all that got, got scraped from LinkedIn. I think it's up for sale. But when you're talking about like people, you know, scraping LinkedIn to kind of get information for reconnaissance, I haven't seen anything that's specific on that. Like I'm trying to think of any research cases, but we all know like in the security industry that that's what they do, right? That when they're looking at that and they're scraping, you know, different sites in different areas, social media is the biggest one. It's because that they get the know, you know, who's the whales in the organization, who's the IT guys, who, what's the admin, who's the senior ones who will have the most access. And they start trying to pull that. And then they go into, uh, Rocketeer or some sort of uh, stuff like that. And they start to pull their email address and they start now doing phishing campaigns, right? And start to see if they can compromise them that way and send them, you know, malware or anything along, along that line and compromise them. So that's, I know the attack method I've heard, right? but I don't have a specific case that I can talk about. Uh, Cyber Insecurity, what do you think about TCM uh, pen testing course versus INE? Good question. I don't actually don't know much about the TCM pen testing uh, and i'm just looking here so uh poll close chat prefers late night for studying uh, interesting so more people stay at night and i'm i'm assuming this is my hypothesis is that you guys are staying night because after work and you guys you know get finished your job kind of get home what if i was to tell you that it's actually better to study in the morning 
Right? It's very, very for your body. Now, don't get me wrong. Everyone has their temper, their temperament, their personality. They actually all have their, their cadence and what they want to do. But I know when you look at circadian rhythms and things along that line, it's better for you to get more rest at night for your brain and to be able to retain and study in the morning than it is to study at night. Now, don't get me wrong. Anyone that's gone to university or gone to school, cram sessions, study at night, you know, trying to get ready for exams. We all have done it. We've all kind of done that. I did it for college. As I was going through it, you study late at night and you try to get that, get everything done and ready and get in your mind before the test on Monday morning. But the best way of studying from now, I'm trying to learn how to study better is actually to study in the morning where your, your mind, your cortisol levels are high, your energy is up. It should be up higher. And then what happens is then you get, you know, your good 20 minutes of studying in and you, what happens is it's, it's, com uh, com it's compounded. I'm trying to get the word it's compounded, which means that you study on Monday, what you study on Tuesday, you study on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and the information keeps going up and up and up. So you don't have to study masses amount of information all at once. You're chunking it right, and building on top of it. And a lot of these books are repetitive. So as you go to chapter two and chapter three and chapter four, some of the information is going to be repetitive from chapter one. So now you're just getting the gaps of what's the difference. So that's my, my recommendation. If you guys can study, if you can, don't get me wrong. People have families, people have work early in the morning. Uh, I know for me, I get up at five o'clock in the morning, get my workout in, get my study in. And again, only 20 minutes of studying and then, you know, get ready for my day, get a shower, get ready and, and start going right by like seven thirty, eight o'clock. So that's how my day runs. And, and you know, as you can tell, I have so much energy like at, at night right here. I, and then when I'm done, I shut down. I shut down, I shut everything off and I just kind of relax and I whine. And then in the morning I'm back up again and I had to train my body to be able to do that. Uh, now I'm going to go back to this and let me know if you guys have any questions about that. Uh, so I'm just looking at the TCM security. Uh, I'm going to ask uh sec IT guy. Do you know much about TC, uh, TCM's uh, pen test course? Like I, I, I've talked to Neil and all that, about I &E and INE's, you know, program. I don't know, to be honest, I don't know too much about the TCM pen test. Uh, I'll get Sec IT guy to answer that in the chat. I mean, he might know more than I do. Uh, let me know if you guys have any other questions. Uh, so like I said, when it comes to like studying and really kind of looking after yourself, the best thing to do is this is set up these systems for you because it's longevity, right? A lot of us are in this for the long term, right? This is our long term career. We're not looking at uh, changing and transitioning anything along that line, right? And from that, you know, you want to make sure that you can last in this career because this can burn you out. There's a lot to do in, in cybersecurity, right? There's a lot to do when it comes to uh, training, evolution in your career, moving up. If you're going to go pen testing route, if you're going to go to management, if you're going to go to IoT, AI, machine learning, anything along that line, the best thing to do is pace yourself as you're going through and you're going to see you're going to learn more and more and more. Uh, so Brandon, you're saying that studying 20 minutes is, uh, is the most effective way from what I've been reading. It's, it's coming from like Harvard studies. They're saying if you can do it over time and distance that you don't have to, like you have a test on Monday morning, right? You're not cramming Sunday night. If you know you have a test, say, and me, I have a test on May 30th, right? I'm not going to cram, you know, the late, you know, late weeks of May, I'm chunking it now. So by the time I get to May, I should have all the information. And now it's review and just recalling it and making sure I can just recall it on the fly. Right. And if, when I get to that point, then it's easy. Right. I think a lot of us, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if any of you guys didn't do this, a lot of us were having fun in school. A lot of us were partying, going out with people, doing all that. And when it came to studying, it was, oh, shoot, I have this test. I have this homework. I have this project I have to do. And then, oh, my God, let me get it done. Right. Where I knew some guys. You know, in school, we're very good. They were given a project. They started it like almost the day, two days after, and they worked on it like a couple hours, like half an hour, an hour at night. And by the time the project was due, they were done. Where me, it was like, hey, Brandon, have you done the project? And I'm like, what project? The one that's due, due next week. And I'm like, oh, crap, right? And then I now have to push through nights and, and weekends to get it done. So I'm trying to help you guys get a better system. So we can all study better and, and retain more information. So yes, if you can study 20 minutes each and every day, Monday to Sunday, just chunk that, you know, some, uh, put in your calendar, right? As a reminder, whatever you're studying, 
do that 20 minutes and you'll start to see how quickly you'll start to retain information and you'll start to be able to develop and build on it. And don't put pressure on yourself. A lot of times we're sitting like, oh, I got to learn more and I got to learn it faster. No, just do 20 minutes, just chunk it. Right. And then all of a sudden you look back, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks later, and you'll be like, oh my God, how much do I know? And you'll be able to recall it, which is a lot better. Uh, my goal in cybersecurity is to work remotely and travel while working a few months in each each location. How risky do you think finding an opportunity like that is or do most companies require you to be on site a good portion of the time? Depends on the company. If you're doing uh, remote work in the sense of, I'm trying to think, pen testing, pen testing, if you're doing like uh, external pen testing, a lot of times that's remote. Like you won't have to be in a place. Now, of course, now let's get a little caveat. If you're traveling, do they have good internet? So I'll give an example. When going to Costa Rica, uh, I was in the, the some of the, the towns in Costa Rica and the internet would go down, right? And then what happens is the internet for certain stores and locations would go down. And then what happens is they, the support was two to three days, not like us in North America, where it was, you know, Inst instantly you got someone on the phone you start talking about and then potentially a support but you know in a couple hours you're, you're back up and going where they're like two three days before they can get someone to come out and see and just see what's going on where i knew one restaurant i was at that went down they had two isp providers because if one went down he knew it was going to be another three days before they come fix that one so he had a failover of another isp and if that one failed he's like yeah I'm, I'm done but i pay for two so it is realistic. There's jobs out there that do it. I'm finding right now with most companies, uh, other than I'm just trying to think of the positions, pen testing, external pen testing, sock. I think some sock analysts that you could you could be traveling remote as long as you can log in. I don't think they really care. Uh, as long as you have a secured network connection, I think actually that'd be probably another variable. They'd want to make sure you had a VPN and a secure network connection that you're able to connect in. But there are there are opportunities. I'd probably say you, you'd want to be a, like an, an independent consultant and that would give you the best. Uh, and then you can do con consultation. You can work on compliance. You can work on pen testing, especially on just remote pen testing. So I think those ones would be ones that you'd want to kind of look at. All right. I'm just trying to think out loud. Now, what area of cybersecurity do you want to get into? I think that's my question to you. Do you want to get in pen testing? Do you want to get in compliance? If you want to get in compliance, my, uh, you can do that anywhere remotely. Right, because you're writing policies, procedures, right? Any documentation. So you can do that anywhere remotely. Now, if you're doing pen testing, like I said, some things that they want, if they want internal testing, they want someone on site, that might be different. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh just gonna take a drink here. Yeah, keep keep the questions coming, guys. Love to know what you guys are working on too. What are you guys studying? I know a lot of the guys, the questions are guys starting pen testing, right? I can see a lot of uh, the trend there with pen testing, which is good. I mean, it's a good career. It's a good uh, path to get into. So you guys have pen testing questions. I know sec IT guy would be great to answer any questions as well. I'm here for you. So let's keep, keep continuing about kind of hacking the cybersecurity industry. So we've got getting you studied. Right, making sure you have good study materials and, and, and systems and processes in place for you to study. Next is, again, looking after yourself. Make sure you exercise. I'd love to know you guys, like just yes or no. You know, how many guys exercise daily, right? If you, can, if you do, just say yes in the chat. If not, say no. No judgment, right? I actually had to because I was working in IT. I actually had to start exercising daily because I was finding with myself I was sitting way too much. My sitting too much was getting tight. My back was getting sore. I always had to stretch, right? crack my neck, all that. And I was just getting so tight. So that I was like, you know what? What's going on? And I noticed that I was chaotic. I was always with my shoulders curled in on a keyboard. And I was like, okay, I got to keep moving. I got to get up. I got to stand. I got to move. I got to exercise and keep my body healthy and keep me strong, right? Strong foundation, strong body. The more you can do with it, the more you can study. So make sure you're, you're, you're studying. Next, hydrate, right? We're, what, 75, 80% water? Drink lots of water, right? Try to stay hydrated, right, throughout your day. I know when I was in IT working for the Ontario government, I drank so much pop, right? 7-Up, Sprite, things along that line. And it just, it, it, it I found that I kept getting the 3 o'clock crashes. I don't know if you guys ever get that, where you're sitting there at 3 o'clock, 
or then you're just like, oh, I'm so tired. I need a coffee. I need something to kind of wake me up. Well, me, my, my vice was pop. And I'd have some Sprite or 7-Up and also I'd be up again and then be able to go for three, four hours. By the time I got home, I'd sleep. So with that, make sure you you eat properly, you you drink, you exercise, because you want to make sure that you're healthy as you're, you're building out your career in cybersecurity. i uh, got a couple more questions that came in. How do you feel about companies taking responsibility for backups? How do you feel about companies taking responsibilities for their backups? I mean, if they, if they can do their own backups, as long as they have, you know, a redundant system of on-site, off-site, right, backups, I don't see anything wrong with a company, you know, looking after their own backups, right? Because, I mean, there's a lot of lo larger organizations and small organizations that, you know, take care of their backups. Uh, but I, I would just say it just depends on their need and their compliance, right? Some have to have them in, se in secure locations as well because of the data and then data privacy. So yeah, I don't see any problem with them as long as they have good good backup policies, good storage policies, good you know uh, disaster recovery, business continuity plans in place to be able to look at if something ever happens, how do they recover? Um, what's the next question? I think it it was actually Brandon who gave who gave this advice. Is sock a good way to get uh, my foot into the cybersecurity industry? What I want is pen testing, but we'll do anything to get in. I might have given that advice. I think Joel gave that advice as well. SOC is a good entry point, especially when you can do like security plus, you know, some of them are looking for like in some of the job description are looking for like one, I think one year, six months experience. And some might even say, look, you know, you don't need too much experience at all uh, because what happens is they're going to train you up. As long as you get the security plus, at least show you know the knowledge of basic information about cybersecurity, then they'll get you in the career, getting you in the position to start to train you. So it is a good entry point. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. And then what happens is here's the great part of it. Once you look at the SOC role and you work as an analyst for a year, you start to see the compromise that come up. You start to see the alerts. So you know on the other side, and I'll call it, and this is not potentially true, but I'll call it blue team. You're looking at, you know, all the things that are happening and what needs to be set up and configured properly. So what happens is now you can set the mindset of, well, if this is an alert, this is what's coming up. This is what's flagged. If it's DNS, if it's a port, if it's that, that's probably an entry point. That's probably what I could I could pen test, right, to see if it's open on client side. And then now you look through the methodology of how would I do that? As a pen tester, put your pen testing hat on. How would I do that? How would I breach that vulnerability? You know, that potential access point. How would I do that? And then now you learn. Also, now you have, you start to build up your your depth of knowledge on what you're seeing day in and day out on the SOC. And then also now you start to now do tests and you start to do hack the box and things along that line. And then you ask, you start talking to the pen testing team. Right? And a lot of these time, these companies have pen testing teams and you ask them, can I shadow you? Can I do this? Right? Can I Can I hold your computer? Whatever that may be, right? get there, start to learn and look at their methodology and the tools that they use. And then also now, because you're interested, potentially you can go on engagements. You can start to do that. And then eventually you can work yourself into that one of those positions. All right. So that's my recommendation of hacking that and trying to get into a pen testing career. Uh, Brent, have you ever heard of the uh, Pomdoria method? Uh, excuse spelling 25 minute focus and five minute rest. It's that's, yeah, I heard, I've heard that most definitely. And that's why, um, can't remember who I heard. it was the harvard study and they were talking about 20 minutes but they were saying because what happens and now i don't know if this is actually true i'm just kind of following this method right now for myself is because what happens is we're so busy in our day-to-day -day north american life now if you live in uh say bermuda you know barbados where it's a little bit more laid back but north america we're so much on the go if you can do 20 minutes and then go about your day and the things that you need to do then you can start to do it. Now, if you do 25 minutes focus and then a five minute rest and then go back, test yourself and see how much you remember doing that methodology that I was talking about is now one hour later, review it. If you only remember the first 25 minutes, but you don't remember the second 25 minutes, then you know your retention might not be there. And that's the only reason why I'm, I'm recommending to start off with 20 minutes each day and start to build off that. Now, if you can do longer and you can start, you see your, uh, the, the mental capacity is expanding, go for it. But I know right now for a lot of people, 
20 minutes focus time is, is a lot of time in this day and age because there's a lot of distractions. You got, you know, your phone's going off, you're getting emails, you're getting texts, you got meetings, you got this, you got that. Maybe you have kids, right? And it's all the stuff going on while yes, guys have to keep learning. So that's my recommendations. Not, and again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying don't tr do that method. Test to measurable results. Go back in an hour, go back in a day, review your notes and see how much you remember. If you can do two sessions of 25 minutes, three sessions of 25 minutes with a five minute break in between, and you're retaining that information, perfect. If not, then you know it's not working for retention, to retention and recall. Uh, so that's my answer for that. Let's see the next question. What are the implications for ind industry in terms of uh, recent PHP language hacks? Uh, love to know what we mean by implications. Uh, I mean, we're talking about breaches here for industries in terms of the recent PHP uh, language hacks. Yeah, provide more like provide more information on that. Like, what do you mean the implications? The risks on it, the financial. Uh, love to know what you know. Love to know what you mean by that. What? Because I'm just trying to figure that out. Because there's a lot of implications about it. Like there's company responsibility. There's legal responsibility on the actual organization. There's brand uh, implications and things along that line. So there's different ones that you have to think about. Uh, Brandon, from your work experience, how often do you see that a company hires someone from another country, for example, a U.S. company, but I'm not located in the U.S. Uh, Brandon, from work experience, how often do you use? I see companies hiring people outside, like I said, from the Philippines, from India, from the Middle East, right? You know, depending on the, the expertise in the project, right? And then you got to look at, there's a there's many different variables to it. Like you look at compliance, right? And, and data sovereignty. Like the, if they're getting you to work on a data project and the data has to be uh, located in, North America and Canada, United States, you might not be able to be involved in that project. But again, like if it's other things that are, are policy, pen testing, uh, IoT testing, software testing, uh, reviewing, uh, I'm trying to think, reviewing application code, anything along that line, it's all there. Like it's all possible. Just depends on what focus you're trying to get into. So let me know. Let me know where, where you're exactly trying to focus your job right? and what kind of career you're looking to get into. Uh, how do you feel about the Cisco Cyber Ops Associate Certification for, uh, for a SOC role? Okay, so if you're just starting out, I think it's a little overkill, right? I think it's a little overkill uh, for a SOC position. Again, and uh, this is just my opinion. You can have a certain you know certification like Security Plus, but a lot of times when you get into these, they're they're partner systems in there. Uh, Radeon, Rapid7, uh, Qualys, Secure Onyx, Alien Vault, where you're going to go through some training on how to use their tools. And then from there, the team's going to teach you what they want you to look for. What are you going to be doing? What's going to be, you know, so you're going to go through a lot of training. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're trying to get a role, right? Now, if you're in a SOC role and you're going uh, Cisco Cyber Ops Associate Certification, Never hurts to get more certification, more training. But if you're trying to break into the industry, I think it's a little overkill. If you're in the industry and you're just looking for more certification to get more value, it's not bad. I just said I just think that you're going to get more value from talking to your team and watching what they're doing and doing like brain dump sessions with your team. What are they working on? What are they looking at? How do they do that? And get mentorship on from them. What happens is, uh you're going to get more real world value and applied knowledge because you're going to see it in real world. Uh, just give me a second here. Uh, what is the implication of studies in the terms of the recent VHP? Uh, Snow alert. How will the cybersecurity team address the, the type of vulnerabilities PHP language hacks uh, from the standpoint of a business continuity plan? What would the, this look like? Okay, so business continuity plan. So first what they're going to look at is going to look at the actual business itself. What's the downtime? What's the impact? You know, exactly how it, how is it going to affect the business and how fast can they recover that's what they're going to first look at right and then what's the downtime of you know who's going to be responding uh, i'm just trying to think who's going to respond you know what's the incident response plan right in the business continuity how fast can they get up are they going to go to hot site warm site are they going to be able to roll over and you're looking at php so you're going to get a lot of the application or websites right how fast can they recover can they recover from a backup they're going to have all that in the business continuity plan Right? And then what happens is through that plan, right, hopefully, knock on wood, 
they've got everything set up technically to be able to do that. Right? And this is a lot of times when you look at the alignment of the plans is that a good laid out plan sometimes is not aligned with what's going on with the technology and the systems because you've got patch management, you've got change management, you've got things that are happening on. People are not reviewing the technologies and solutions on an ongoing basis to make sure that if they have to recover, I'm going to use this as an example. If they don't have, if they try to recover, they don't know if the backups are clean. So I'll use this as an example. One of the companies I've heard about, right, externally, uh, they were looking from restoring it from a ransomware attack. Well, every time they restored from backup, they restored, got back up and going. And they're like, okay, this is great. We're up. And all of a sudden, it would execute again. Right? And then they'd be attacked again. And they're like, I can't believe it. Like, we went back a day, a week. You know, we keep going back in segments. And they were like, okay, so how far does this go back? Well, they actually had to have a forensics team come back in and investigate their, their backups. And I think for, it was for a couple months to find out when was the last clean backup to restore. So the implication, implications from a business continuity plan is one, making sure that the business can recover in a in most ef efficient way possible without any loss of revenue or re trying to limit the redu uh, reduce reduce the loss of revenue while protecting the brand. So think of it in that sense of business, putting in your business hat. That's the, the idea or the concept of the business continuity plan. And then wrapping that up in the processes and the procedures of how that's actually going to be followed, who's going to respond, how they're going to recover. So there's a, there's a lot going on right now when it comes to breaches and compromise like that, when it comes to the business continuity. Lots of the companies now are looking at a breach response plan too to combine with that and instant response and data recovery, like all encompassing all this in the one to see how this is all works out. Uh, does your business continuity plan have a playbook? Uh, for me, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, we actually do have a playbook and we've done tabletop exercises and things along that line. So when you, when you go through that, I mean, it's, it's interesting to watch, you know, as you study like CSSP and you kind of do that and you see what your need and the alignment of organizations, what they're doing. A lot of mid-sized to larger to enterprise environments have business continuity plans. SMB, smaller businesses don't. And the challenge is they don't sometimes they don't feel they need it because you know, who's going to hack us. What do we have to do? You know, we've got Joe that does our it support. We've got, you know, someone else that does that. And so they really don't think about, but yeah, for, for our business continuity plan, it's good to have a playbook. It's good to have a tabletop exercise to go through it as well. Uh, you also need to look at how backups are done and they're done at the machine machine level. Or are they done at the uh, byte level? So exactly. Right. You know, you also have to look at the, the backups. Right. And then you have to look at, you know, exactly scanning them and making sure and recovering from them. Uh, you should have some sort of tool to scan them and make sure that they're, they're clean from any malware as well. And that's ongoing. I mean, you guys know this as well as I do. So, so, sometimes there's challenges when it comes down to, and I'm just trying to think it like, and this is what, from my experience, and this is kind of my own opinion on this. And I'll, I'm going to just say this from, for, from my point of view. When it comes to antivirus, you know, anti-malware, we're always in a catch-up game, right? Because there's a zero-day attack comes out, and then what happens is these, you know, companies, organizations now have to write a virus definition that now gets deployed. Well, this is already out there. Now, depending on the updates, the patch management, and people updating their antivirus and the malware tools, depends on how 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 big that gap is between the actual malware that's out and being able to protect against it. So uh, that's something I've seen. It's always this catch-up game. Uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. When you, when you guys have been in security long enough, right, and you guys know this, you kind of watch and kind of go, what, what's out there in the industry right now with malware and all that, and they know about? Perfect. But what they don't know, they don't know. That's stuff that we have to worry about. So it's really challenging on that on that way when you're looking at kind of antivirus, antivirus and anti-malware, right? There's stuff that's out there that, you know, they're still trying to figure out. They have to do forensics on and, and dissect and reverse engineer to write, you know, virus definitions on and, and be able to send it out and get everyone up to date. So it's an interesting, interesting way to kind of look at cybersecurity that we're, when it comes to us protecting the industry, we're always kind of with one hand tied behind our back. Kind of scenario. 
Uh, yeah, how do you feel about the uh, probable bubble in CTI with all the, with a lot of people coming in who have no actual hands-on experience in touching computers? I mean, hopefully the company is doing great hiring practices. I mean, you got to look at it in this way, right? If you're you're really kind of looking at cybersecurity, you're, you're hoping that you have good hiring practices. They have capture the flag type things where they're testing these people out to see what they can really do in these environments of setting up and configuring computers and doing all that and, and, and really kind of configuring everything. And then what happens is if they don't, and you, you kind of see these incidents that happen where people get compromised, companies get compromised, you, you kind of ask like what really happened? You know, what was missed? What wasn't configured? So, I mean, there, there's a lot, I mean, concern for me when you're looking at the hiring practices, things that are going on. Uh, the unknown knowns and the unknown knowns. Yeah, exactly. Right. Good, good comment. Good point. So we're coming up close to the hour. There's a couple more minutes. Let me know if you guys have any more questions. Uh, I'm going to take as many as I can. We're going to do kind of a rapid fire now. Uh, let me know. So going to just a recap again, when it comes to hacking yourself and hacking the industry, right. And making sure as cyber security professionals, first and foremost, Make sure you take care of your health and your well-being. Make sure you're hydrated, eating right, sleeping right, getting some exercise. Make sure you're, you're keeping up with your health. Study. Make sure you have a good framework to study. Try to figure out your career goal and, and where you want to go and hack, reverse hack that. And if you have questions, come back here and ask the team. All of us are here to help you kind of excel. And then have goals. Set goals that where you want to be in six months, one year, five years down the road. Uh, next question. Uh, yeah, there's a great point about uh, showing in an interview that you're staying aware, aware of what's going on, on right now in your field, being aware of uh, ATPs and CVs being uh, released for sure. Right? Then great comment. If you're going to an interview too, something to add on to that, do research on the industry and how the industry is doing with security and the awareness and some risks that potentially are in the industry, be it compliance, compliance concerns, uh, risks because of the technology, what they're doing in their, in their environment, if it's health, if it's financial, if it's manufacturing, anything along that line. Because the more value you can show to the organization that you care, the more it's going to give you a benefit to come into the organization. Then they're going to say, yeah, like John or Jane, whoever that may be, is interviewing, like, wow, they really get our industry, they get our organization, they get our company, they get some of the risks and some of the concerns. And I'm going to add this on to you as well. Talk about it in a business ma manner, not in a technical manner. If you can talk on the threat on the business and how it affects the business versus it's going to compromise the SQL server, it's going to do this, it's going to the ransomware that that because the antivirus that we're, you know, that are been using and i'm just gonna use, pick on semantic that you guys are using semantic a lot of in, the, in this industry leaves vulnerabilities for that they don't want to hear that they want to hear something along the lines of because you're in health field and you're using semantic right now it's leaving the patients and the hospital at risk which then the, now it gets increased the liability they want to hear that they want to hear wow like they get it on a business stance and then of course probably the next question well, how would you protect that why we look at patch management, I would look at potentially replacing it, I look at doing whatever that solution is, right? But now you know the threat and you know how it affects the business, all right? So keep that in line as, you, as you're going through because that's extremely important to have that conversation to not only know the technical, but how it affects the business. Um, so, so something to think about as you're going, as you're going through your interviews. So... Uh, just give me a second here. Let me ask. I uh, got a quick question for SecIT. So hopefully this helped you guys. Let me know like in the chat right, if this guy's helped you guys out. Now, if you guys want to connect with me on LinkedIn, if you guys haven't already, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'll get uh, SecIT guy to uh, post my socials on, on the actual in the chat. When you do, here's a caveat. Send me a message and saying, hey, I saw you on uh, on Daily Cyber. Really enjoy. Let me know what you enjoyed. 
and then just keep keep letting me know like what what you're working on because all of us here at the cyber and security are here to help you are here to help you excel in your career help you go through you know any questions or concerns any you know bottlenecks you're running to we're here to help you on these streams as well as in chat as well you know in discord you know we have some great experts in here as well so ask lots of questions the team can help you out and the community as well there's a lot of like i see a lot of the chat there's a lot of great conversations going on so just keep it up uh next one what is the best way to learn business communication skills take a business course uh if you can't take a business course it's this is something i learned from eric cole go and speak to the CISO, the CFO, um, I'm trying to think, the CEO, COO in your organization and, and take them out for lunch and ask them, tell me what you do day to day. What are some of the things that, you know, as an operation manager, you, you work on day and day? What are some of the projects you're working on? And they'll explain to you, you know, and CFO is talking about costs and loss and profits and they're looking at forecasting and they'll talk about their budgets and things along that line. The CEO will talk about operational um, expenditures. They'll be looking at, you know, even the cost of, you know, of running the business. They'll look at operational projects. They'll tell you like all that. And then what happens is you'll start to be able to speak their language. Right. And then what happens is over time, you're not going to get it one meeting and ask them if you can write notes and only write notes. And just to be clear for our security guys, right. Only write notes on the, on the terms and the definitions. Don't write down what they're talking about. Like, Hey, we're working on this project, uh, the manufacturing plant and we're working with John Doe's company. Don't write that down, write down operations meeting, you know, collaboration, or um, just trying to think of some business terms there. Um, procurement, you know, anything along that line, which you guys already know, but those terms that they use, write down the terms and then you know, go through it. Right. Again, with CFOs, you know, you guys are all starting to learn the, the cybersecurity, like business continuity, disaster recovery, right? You're looking at, you know, capital cost, operations cost, right? Understanding those, CapEx and OpEx. Uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head some of the conversations that I have. But understanding those, right? And then making sure that you've got them in your vocabulary because when you talk to them, they're like, they get it. Uh, so in a couple minutes, uh, I think uh, what we'll be finishing soon now tonight uh, just to let you know, Neil, with the old guys Wednesday, uh, he's going to be on uh, doing his stream. Uh, so I think that's in an hour after mine. And I want you guys to take a break, go grab some food, come back, watch that, because it's going to be really good to ask Neil a whole bunch of questions when it comes to, you know, cybersecurity, pen testing, anything along that, even with your career, right? He's probably going to repeat some of the things I said, and maybe he'll give you some different information. There's going to be a lot of great information along that that line that you're going to be able to get some good value and some information again and some more deeper pen testing information if you want to ask when you come when come back. Uh, other than that, yeah, the if you guys want to find find my socials, it's exclamation mark and then my name Brandon. Check that out. Uh, wow, that's awesome. Uh, the hacker maker just gifted ten subs. Thank you so much. It's awesome. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we're, we're so, you know, it's so fabulous to kind of see the community coming together and people helping us out. So thank you so much. Um, so any other questions for me, you got a couple more minutes. Uh, I just want to finish off for you guys. You know, I have a goal for you guys, right? And this is the goal. Send me a message or put in, actually send me a message. Let me know what's your next six month goal, right? In cybersecurity, just one one goal in six months, uh, send me a message. I want to kind of keep a track and see what you guys are working on. Uh, send me on LinkedIn. Let me know because I want to see where you guys are in three months, where you guys are in four months, especially with all this information that all the teams helping with. We want to make sure you hit those goals. We want to make sure you hit those benchmarks. And if you don't, let's be honest, we'll kick in the butt, right? Joel does that for me. Neil does that for me. I'm sure sec it guy is going to do that for me as well. These guys are always kind of hold me accountable that's what helps us grow is having the accountability across for the whole team to be able to do that and see us grow as a community because there's so much work out there. There's so much growth. I want to see you guys take advantage and be able to just to grow and to be able to be successful in cybersecurity and do what you love to do and get paid very well doing what you love to do. So guys, that's it for today's daily cyber. I hope you guys got a lot of great information out today. Uh, don't forget Neil shows after this. 
All right. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the, if you're, this year new, make sure you go into the discord channel chat in there. Also make sure that, um, you just, you subscribe to the cyber and security, uh, Twitch channel. And then I just got one last question. Really? I'm connecting on LinkedIn. May I message you? Yes. Message me, message me, message and message me. All right. So guys, don't forget software tackle being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next daily cyber. <laughs>